wealth, security, and opportunity are a byproduct of success. However, it often comes at the expense of deep personal satisfaction and happiness. This is the Design Your Destiny podcast, and I am your host, Penny Chason, board-certified hypnotist and number one international best-selling author. I work with the highly successful influencers, business leaders, corporate leaders who desire a life by design. In this podcast, I will bring to you succinct solo episodes and interviews that dissect the challenges of success and highlights the ways to leverage your most underutilized asset, your subconscious mind. If you desire peace and happiness in your life, better health and stronger relationships so you can enjoy the success that you have created, keep listening because this podcast is for you. So today's topic, trust in yourself, because here's the thing. A lot of people believe that when we achieve a certain goal, when we hit a certain milestone, that suddenly the things that we deal with on a daily basis, be it mindset-wise, belief-wise, emotionally, we tend to think that those things are going to go away. And those things do not go away. We, depending on how we look at our world and world, and fortunately with most of my followers, my listeners, you're already on this path to self-discovery. So you're probably lessening the impact of not trusting yourself all along the way as you grow your business it all depends on how you talk to yourself the way that we speak to ourselves has a huge impact on whether or not we believe in ourselves whether or not we trust ourselves and identity can also play a huge role in whether or not we trust ourselves for me personally In the thousands of hours of sessions that I've done with clients, for me personally, when we don't trust ourselves, there is a self-esteem issue, typically, not always, underlying that. If it's not a self-esteem issue, then there's been like one major significant event that set that in motion, the lack of self-trust, even in that single event. It's the way that we identify with that event and what we make that event mean that will undermine our self-esteem. So again, it comes back to self-esteem. I am a firm believer that we're all created exactly as we need to be. Either we already have everything that we need or we can use our resourcefulness in the lessons that we have learned and we can take that resourcefulness and we can access and tap into what it is that we need, whether it's relationships, business, whatever. We're just making a blanket statement here. So we're created with everything that we need and the ability to be resourceful, to seek out, to search, to look for the people, the experiences, 
the knowledge that we need to fill the gap because we don't come into this world already knowing everything. We have to learn along the way. We are, we're human. We are going to, I don't even like to say mistakes. We're going to make choices and decisions that don't turn out the way that we like. That's going to happen. We're going to get into relationships that don't turn out the way we expected them to. We're going to make business decisions that hmm, we look back and it's like, God, why did I do that? Most of the time, those things happen because we're coming from a place of emotion. We make emotional decisions in business. We obviously make emotional decisions in relationships. And maybe we're not as objective as we need to be, or we simply believe that we have all the information that we need, but we don't have all the information that we need. And we can end up beating up on ourselves over that. And we don't want to beat up on ourselves for that, right? Because we're already created with everything that we need. Because we are this divine creation, we are supported, right? We're created with nothing wrong with us. And I know without a doubt, someone is listening to this right now, either when it's live or it's on the podcast. And you're going to bristle at that when I say that you were created with nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're absolutely lovable. And it's because you've had experiences in your life that caused you to think and feel differently. That is where we get into believing we can't trust ourselves. That begins to lay the groundwork for feeling as if thinking that we cannot trust ourselves. If you want to go all the way to the core, I mean, if you want to pierce the heart of the matter, when we are in a state of radical self-acceptance, when we unconditionally love ourselves, self-trust is not even a question. Confidence is not even a question. It's just there. Now, does that mean we never make a mistake? No. Does that mean we never look back on something and say, gee, I should have done that differently? What did I not know? What was I not seeing that I should have seen? The difference is that we accept that we're always doing our best if you truly are always doing your best. Now, sometimes we know we should do things a certain way, right? So maybe let's say you're in business and you're entering into a relationship with somebody for a joint venture. And there's a part of you that you're like, okay, we need to get together some terms. We need to outline it. We need to sign a contract. We need to make sure those roles are very clear. But there could be a part of you that is maybe in a hurry. And you're like, you know what? I really trust this person. Everything's going to go well. So instead, you just maybe do an agreement over email. You never do a contract. And you're going back and forth. And then they take all the information that they've given you. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we don't need the partnership. We have everything we need here. And they actually take 
everything that you shared with them and they go implement it in their business or in their program. These things happen. So sometimes we can know what we should do and we choose not to do it anyway. No point in beating yourself up over it. If that's something that happens, we just have to take the lesson and move on. Because if you've learned in that lesson, if you learn the lesson in that lesson, then you shouldn't repeat it. It shouldn't be an issue that you would repeat it if you remember that you learned the lesson. Hey, Sammy. So that's just one example around trusting yourself. Another example of where we can get into a process. Let me back up. I was about to go off the rails. So in that example is where we knew better, but we made the decision that wasn't the best anyway. And for whatever reason, for wherever your headspace was in that day, except that you did your best in that day, in that day, it doesn't mean it's your best of all time. I've recommended this book many times. I'm going to recommend it again. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. There's a whole chapter in there on do your best. And so many times when we talk about doing our best, we literally think of our very best and then we want to measure everything else. We want to compare everything else to that. Or we take our very best and we're busy comparing it to other people. That just doesn't ever end up in a really good place for us. So if that were to happen to you, where you chose not to do the contract and someone walks away with your ideas and implements them and you're not compensated the way it was initially discussed, right? Because we all have moments where we have to learn. If that happens, you can say, you know what? I have learned my lesson and I will not repeat that again. I will make sure. So if you look back at that instance, you can say, okay, next time before I do anything like this, I'm going to have a cooling off period and I'm not offering any of my insight or intellectual property until something is in place. And then you can choose to be impeccable with your word to yourself, which is one of the other agreements. Now, sometimes when we don't trust ourselves, this is going to be a, an interesting one. I've seen this before with several people. We grow up in a family where and sometimes it can be in a not pleasant way. And sometimes it can be in a way that our family members are actually trying to be helpful. I know that not every family situation is utopian, okay? I don't think any family situation is utopian. But sometimes we just grow up with really harsh, critical people. And then sometimes we grow up with family members who the only way they know to help us to succeed is to keep moving that goalpost. Or they will, when we go into a situation, they will always point out the dangers of the situation. It's because they don't want us to get hurt. Again, if we're not dealing with that harsh, critical person. But even if you're dealing with a harsh, critical person, when we hear these things on repeat, that we could have done it better, this is really good, but you did an excellent job, but I love you, but 
when we hear these things, we absorb what's after the but. We don't, our brain doesn't take in the really good job. Our brain doesn't take in the I love you. It takes in everything that follows the but. So what happens is our brain, we build this pattern of experience that we've done this thing, but it wasn't good enough, right? And so what happens is as that pattern builds, we can develop this internal narrative that I can't trust myself to do the right thing. Because even when I've done my best, I've always had to go back and redo it or do something more or do something better. So we develop this narrative that I must not be able to trust myself to make good decisions. I had a former client, I'm going to call her Debbie, not going to use her real name, but she grew up in a family where one of the parents was very fearful of everything. So her entire life as she grew up and then she became a teenager and was getting ready to go to college, every conversation in her life was framed of you better be careful because you better look out because in her brain was conditioned that no matter what she did, she might not be safe. No matter what she did, it's not going to turn out. And was also conditioned that the one thing that she loved to, to do the most was not something that she could be successful at, that it was not something that she should pursue. And so that was the message that she got. I cannot trust myself because everyone's tell, telling me that the things that I want to do, that the things that I love, that the things that are important to me, I can't be successful. That not only that I can't be successful, but that if I'm going to be accepted, I can't do that. People will think I'm crazy if I do that. You want to talk about people thinking you're crazy? When I restarted my, both times I started my hypnosis practice in Connecticut and here in Mississippi, in Connecticut, I would, some of the doctors were really into it and loved it. The other doctors, there were some who would ask me those sarcastic, underhanded questions, those little passive aggressive zingers. And there was something inside of me that knew that I absolutely had to be doing this. And I didn't have evidence for it yet, but I knew I had to do it. And I had to learn to trust myself. It was a practice. So fast forward, 2015, I closed that business, moved to Mississippi in 2018. I reopened the business and being in the South where it's the Bible Belt, there's actually a large population here that loves alternative techniques and spirituality, not just the religious aspects, but people don't talk about it very much because one day I was talking about reopening the hypnosis practice. Hey, Sharon. One day when I was talking about opening the hypnosis practice, I was down in radiology. I was giving anesthesia for a CAT scan procedure where the radiologist was doing his thing. And we were just having conversation while I was monitoring the patient. And I happened to mention I was reopening the hypnosis practice. And people were like, oh, really? Because, hey, if you want people to be intrigued and ask you questions, tell them you're a hypnotist. If you want to scare people off, tell them you're a hypnotist, right? 
So this nurse slipped me a piece of paper and on the piece of paper, it said, shh, go to Facebook and join the Metaphysical Mississippi Facebook group. Like she was cautious about saying that in a room full of people. She didn't want to say that. What people would think to say that in that room. So I found that there's a very large group of people, but my peers would look at me like I was crazy when I would tell them I am growing this business and I am leaving anesthesia because it was a state hospital with state pension and state benefits, but the values and things didn't align. And I had zero proof or evidence that any of it was going to work, but I had to trust myself to take those steps forward. I had to trust that I would make the best decision in the moment. Now, have I made decisions? It was like on hindsight, it was like, damn, what'd I do that for? Absolutely. We're all going to do those things. It cannot be avoided. We are human. We can't shut down our emotions and be 100% logic and objective. We're not computers. But if we're having issues trusting ourselves, look at the stories, look at the evidence for what causes you to believe that, what causes you to say that. And I'm going to give you one simple tip to begin to build that self-trust. Now, remember, anytime we're dealing with deeply held beliefs, we're dealing with the conscious aspect we're dealing with layers of the subconscious aspect because there can be patterns, there can be habits of thought, and then we can have beliefs. And the stronger that belief is connected to a protective mechanism, meaning that your brain is doing everything it can to avoid emotional pain, then you're talking, you've got to go deeper than affirmations and journaling. You really want to go in there with hypnosis and target those things when it's a really deeply held belief. The third aspect of trusting yourself is knowing that you're a part of all that is. My friend, Kathy Heller, talks about, and I'm not sure where she got this. I don't believe it's original to her. You are someone because you're some of the one. You are someone because you're some of the one. So there's three aspects to this trust in yourself. What I want you to tap into is beginning to give your mind the evidence that you can trust yourself. How do you give your mind the evidence that you can trust yourself? At the end of each day, you can sit down and write out a list of three to five things that you did well, that you did right, to show that you can trust yourself. If your alarm went off and you got out of bed the first time your alarm went off, yeah, I celebrate. I shut my alarm off and I got out of bed the first time. I can trust myself, right? If you showed up on time for a meeting that you didn't want to go to, I can trust myself to be available and show up even when I don't want to. If you're marketing on social media and you've committed to going live every day, I can trust myself because I showed up and went live today. Now, a lot of people will say, why are you celebrating that? That's what you're supposed to do. We've got to stop dismissing 
the little things in our life. So who says we're supposed to do it? Who says we're supposed to get out of bed on the first run of the alarm? That's a choice we get to make. We have expectations tied up in that. We have beliefs tied up in that. Now, if you've made a commitment to something and you're not keeping your word to yourself, then what I want you to do is take that celebration of what you're keeping your word to yourself on. Maybe you're being a good parent. Maybe you're nurturing your child's curiosity. Maybe you're creating content. Maybe you're not going live on Facebook, but you're creating other content. You're being consistent. Those things are there. Celebrate what you are doing. I don't care how small it is. You can trust yourself that you haven't used an alarm in four plus years. I absolutely love that. I don't use an alarm unless I absolutely have to do something at a certain time. I allow myself to wake up naturally because sometimes I feel creative in the evening. So I may stay up later. And for me, late is 1030. So I don't, I'm not one of these people that stays up till midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning working. But someone here in the Facebook group, just for the benefit of people listening to this on the podcast or other channels, they said growing up was like this. I could score 97 on a test, but it wasn't 100. When I scored 100, it was, can you do it again? That is exactly the household I grew up in. That is exactly it. I could study my brains out. And if I missed one question, why did you miss that question? And it wasn't meant to be negative. It was meant to push me to, to excel and to achieve. However, subconsciously, it has that impact. When I left Connecticut, I had worked in a GI center. And in that GI center, the last two or three years I was there, we were seeing more and more teenagers and college age who were having very disruptive digestive symptoms. And we're doing colonoscopies, we're doing EGDs, and there's nothing wrong with these kids. For the majority, there was not a physical cause for what they were experiencing. It was all mental and emotional. And this would be the scenario of when I would talk to them and ask them how they're doing, what's going on, how's college, how's school, whatever. And we would just chit chat. And I'm just going to give you an example. I remember this one stood out in my mind very strongly, but I'm going to use it as an example because it's pretty characteristic of what I saw in the community where I gave anesthesia. The kid got up at five o'clock in the morning, went to swim practice, came home, had breakfast, got dressed, went to school, went to school all day. At the end of the school day, there was another practice. Then they would have to come home, change, and go for something else. Sometimes it might be SAT prep, or it might be yet another sport. Some of these kids were practicing for the same sport twice in one day, or they had a sport an academic club, and they played an instrument. And then it'd be like, oh, at 8.30 at night, I get home, I eat dinner, then I do my homework, I'm in bed by 11 o'clock, and then I'm up at five o'clock in the morning, and I start all over again. Immense, intense pressure to perform. It was just day in and day out. And I really had such compassion 
for these kids. And it's not uncommon at all to have those symptoms. And the majority of those kids ended up being diagnosed with IBS. So we can put that pressure on ourselves in our business. We can continue that pressure into the future, into our business, into our relationships. We have a hard time sitting still. We don't deserve to sit still. It can just look like a lot of things. But so for trusting yourself, that's where you want to start. That is your first best tip to begin to program your mind that you can trust yourself. And that is at the end of the day to acknowledge all of the things that you have done that fulfilled you in your day. If you're new to business or actually an entrepreneur at any level, because every time we hit a, they call it new level, new devil. Every time we hit a new level, our identity has to shift, how we show up in our business has to shift. And we're literally in a new place that we have never been before. And things like self-doubt can begin to creep in again. And we're in this space where we do not have evidence that we're going to do well because it's new. How can we have evidence? We can't have evidence that something's going to go well when we haven't even done it before. And back in June, I was at Kathy Heller's Limitless Retreat. I led a hypnosis or the ladies at her retreat there back in June. And she even shared with the group, and I'll link to this podcast episode, uh, that was an excerpt from the retreat. She even shared with the group a story from our work together where things had gotten to a point where they were so good, right? They were so good. She was in this moment with her daughter and there was joy and love and she was in absolute tears because she was in fight or flight she was in fight or flight and she was in fight or flight because it did not feel safe for things to feel that good and I told her I said okay we have to reframe this right because there's no legitimate fear there and I teach this to my clients when there's no legitimate fear and what we're dealing with is the unfamiliar we have to program our brain that the unfamiliar can be familiar and it can be safe. So to begin telling herself, I am safe to have it this good. So when you want to program in self-trust, it's yes, I can trust myself. I make good decisions every day. I make good decisions every day. And then Take a moment and recognize those decisions and recognize them as being good decisions. Now, if you make a mistake, don't go pull out the hammer and start beating yourself up. For heaven's sakes, please don't, please don't do that. Instead, take an honest look at the situation and say, in the moment that I did that, made that, in the moment that I made the decision with the information I had in the moment, did I make the best decision I possibly could? Because hindsight is, there's that saying, hindsight is always 20-20. We can't judge ourselves based off of information we gained in the future. Because that's just ridiculous. I think if you had a child who did something like that, if you had a six-year-old 
who was beating themselves up because they couldn't tie their shoes when they were two, you would be like, but baby, that's ridiculous. You can't be angry at yourself that you couldn't tie your shoe when you were two because mom didn't teach you to tie your shoe until you were five. That sounds absurd, right? It's the same thing when we go back and we judge our past experiences based on what we know now. So these are some tools to begin trusting yourself more. I know I poured a lot into this. Anyway, if you've enjoyed this, please follow, share wherever it is that you're picking it up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Design Your Destiny. I would love to know what resonated most with you. So just take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at penny.chason and let me know what you thought. Also, if you head over to iTunes and you leave a positive review, it helps this podcast to help reach even more people making a difference elevating humanity and mankind.